Bienvenidos a la comunidad internacional de béisbol. Conocen su anfitrión David Burns. Thank you, Lana, for that great introduction. This is episode number eight of the International Baseball Community Podcast, and today I have Dennis Kelly uh, on the line, and Dennis provides us with some valuable insight into Swedish baseball. Uh, he also made his way over to France and Germany, so uh, he's able to compare the, the different leagues and give us a little bit of insight as to uh, how those experiences went and gave you a few tips along the way. So without further ado, let's welcome Dennis Kelly to the podcast. Dennis, welcome to the podcast, and uh, thanks for finding a little bit of time today to uh, meet up with me here. Most definitely. Thank you for the invite. All right. So uh, what I'd like to start off, like, uh, um, you've you've been around the international circuit for a while now, dating back to 2008. Maybe you can take take us back to 2008 and uh, how this all came about. How did you end up heading over to Europe? I uh, I got a job out of college. Um, I knew I wanted to play, so I went to a few tryouts, and uh, nothing worked out because I didn't know what it really took to get signed on anywhere. So I went to open tryouts with the MLB Scouting Bureau right out of college, mm-hmm. um, to which I later found was more or less a uh, database generation agency. So they would kind of take kids younger, get them on a radar, and then scouts would follow up with them the following season and i did that after my senior year of college so um i was i wasn't a touted commodity mm-hmm. at that point so um i went to another trial in florida uh, where a brewer scout was um and he was a great guy and he told me about european baseball and that he coached with a guy uh who coached the uk national team or they scouted together So he passed me on to him. Long story short, he showed me MrBaseball.com and said, like, this is where you find club teams. The email addresses are there. So I blasted my uh, my resume out all over Europe. Okay. So you started. You just started firing off emails. And how were the responses? I got two responses. Um, okay. The best one for me was the uh, Carl's Koga Bats in Sweden. Okay. So that was my first contract. Okay, so that's where you signed on, and that that was in 2008. That's so, 2008. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about Swedish baseball. Like, how many teams are in the, in the in the league? Like, I can go on my website and start counting, but maybe you could share a little bit about the teams in the league and the amount of import porting that's going on there, and and your experience. Uh, Swedish baseball, when I was there, I believe had eight teams. Um, they've dropped a handful. Like some guys, some teams will get relegated. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they won't relegate a team because they just need to keep the number up. Mm-hmm. And I think two years ago they had the Swedish, um, like their academy team competes with the uh, elite series teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring typically two to three imports. We had three when I was there. Uh, I think Carl Skog brings in three because I have like a EU player. Yeah. that will pitch for them, and then they've got their, uh, like, a, a position player. Yeah. And they, they always they have a short fortune left, so they like to bring righties that can swing for some pop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I faced the uh, the athletics. I, I, I'm not, I can't remember the name of the, the, the city they're from there, but I faced them in the European Cup qualifier, and I remember they had a few imports on their team. And So uh, 
Yeah, uh, can you can you give us any insight as to uh, you know the the contract? Uh, you don't have to go into too much detail. Just like uh, you know, did they they pay your return flight and and set you up with a, uh, an apartment? And uh, you know what else was involved with that? Yeah, they set me up with an apartment, which was probably the best apartment I've lived in in Europe. Yeah. It was. We started with two players, and then they took on a third import. Uh-huh. So we changed apartments, you know, two weeks into the season to, you know, a really beautiful place. Um, we had all of our meals were paid all our meals were paid for at an all you can eat lunch buffet place. Oh, right on! And then uh, our dinner meals were paid for by uh, a pub. So we got half price beers and free food. <laughs> that was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Jeez. days like that. Wow. And then uh, during the weekends, we're kind of on our own, but, you know, we traveled and played ball a lot. And uh, So any, cash, any – sorry, go ahead. A, a cash contract, I can't remember what it came out to. It was like – I may have to pull that exact number up. But it was a very nominal amount of money. But since since pretty much every cost was taken care of, you know, it was fine. That was just... Like I really, I'd never had any stress financially. Yeah. So that pretty much covered maybe a few side trips to go do some sightseeing, things like that. Or, Absolutely. Well, that's, Absolutely. that sounds like a good deal, yeah. Um, so from there, that was in 2008, and you were... So the, the Swedish baseball, I, I guess, uh, you know, it's 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 a higher level than, than what I'm used to in, in Australia, but uh, I mean in Austria. But you also made your way over to... Um, Eventually, you made your way over to France. I think was your next European stop, wasn't it? Yeah, Montpellier, and that was a uh, that was incredible. Also, yeah. Montpellier was in uh, yeah the south of France, right on the Mediterranean. Yeah, wow. Um, during the summer, wine festivals came through every Friday. Uh, the Tour de France came through. You know, Montpellier is the like the team trial stage, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like. Like the downtown area is called La Place de la Comédie, mm-hmm. and we lived one block away. And it seemed like every weekend there was some sort of festival or event that was coming through there, and it was wow. that was an incredible place. Wow, that sounds like a good a good experience. It'd be kind of difficult to focus on baseball, I guess, though, <laughs> when you're just down the streets there. <laughs> it wow. kind of can be. I mean, but the the weather is so nice. Yeah. I mean, it was. You know, I'm from Texas, and so. It was probably 93 to 95 on a daily basis uh, in Fahrenheit. Yeah. And so that was hot, and we didn't have air conditioning in our apartment. I don't know if that's regular in France or because, you know, we're ball players, We just didn't get that luxury. But I think it's um, probably a regular thing. It's the same in Austria here. I'm, I'm, okay. Yeah. So uh, that was in 2009. Uh, and were, was the contract, do you think it was pretty much the same kind of deal as, as, as in Sweden? It was different. You know, they're all pretty similar with transportation being taken care of. Like to get there, they'll usually fly you back. Mm-hmm. Um, the meals weren't paid for in France, mm-hmm. so the cash was higher. And France is a little bit more expensive of a country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Sweden wasn't cheap by any stretch, actually, either. But uh, in the EU, uh, France is a lot more expensive than like Germany, Spain, and Austria for like uh, groceries and McDonald's and whatnot. Yeah. So, like, the cost of living is higher, but I also got paid relatively higher because of that. Okay. So, in the end, it came out to about the same kind of deal. Exactly. Okay. Good. And and maybe comparing the two, like, uh, uh, 
Well, I guess we'll move on to Germany before that. But in between 2008, 2009, you spent a winter in Australia, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Good. And that, and that, that was, was the a, Victoria Summer League? Is that right? That was the yeah, Victoria Summer League. Yeah. With uh, I played with a guy in Sweden named Brendan Horn. And he played. He's an Aussie. So he told me that his club just lost their import that plays in Switzerland. I think still currently even. Mm-hmm. Uh, San- James Sanders, I think, is his name. Sanders is definitely his last name, first name, I'm not for sure. But, you know, he had been around the European baseball circuit a lot. And then, so he'd play in Switzerland, come down to Australia, and he did that, you know, three or four seasons in a row. Yeah. And he told me that he was leaving Australia and to kind of focus on a girlfriend in Switzerland. Yeah. And they were looking for an import. And I said, yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I actually lived with him because his parents – you know, moved out of their kind of childhood home to another home, left that home vacant, and so he and I lived there and played baseball for a Australian summer. Wow! So, so that 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 must have been unreal. And and where you were there, were you any were you near the any water there in, in Sandringham? I was. Right? Yeah. Okay. And that so, was really cool. So we uh, nice. we didn't have surf waves. We were yeah. we were in the bay, yeah. so I, I don't I couldn't give you the actual geographic reason why we didn't get waves yeah yeah we were kind of i guess blocked off by a harbor and so we had just kind of relaxed swimming way or swimming ocean but that was i've never seen water like that because yeah. the one we have in Galveston, it's not blue it's yeah it's muggy and brown yeah <laughs> i know what you're talking about i've been to australia it's amazing yeah so that's pre- that's pretty cool back to back you know you're on the on the seafront you know and in, in you're in Australia, and then you head over to, to Montpellier and, and play for the Barracudas there, and so that you had a pretty good, I guess, year there. <laughs> so, uh, how, speaking of that, how did that come about? Uh, the, the French deal with with the Barracudas there. How how did you end up there? Well, my uh, the guy I played with in Sweden and then in Australia was cousins with, or is cousins with Maddie Blackmore, and I don't know if you've heard the name, but he's played. He plays in or played in Drazzi Bruno for a couple of years mm-hmm. as a as a closing pitcher. And he's a really top notch arm, and he pitches in Australia for the. Uh, uh, before it became the ABL, he pitched with like the Claxton Shield team out of uh, Victoria. Yeah, and so he got a contract offer from Montpellier, and he said they're looking for a shortstop. And I said, okay, well, ask him if they're. You know, ask him the details or yeah. send him my contact info. So we did, and I got to talking with Jean-Michel from Montpellier, and yeah. contract so, was offered, and I took it. See, that that's the trend here. Now, I think getting 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 signed over in Europe is the difficulty, but once once you're in, then there's that, that benchmark, and, and you, you know, you just network through there, or you know somebody that knows somebody. And once you've played over here, then I think teams are a lot more comfortable uh, you know, and they've heard your name and playing over in Europe, so I think it makes it a lot easier. And along the way, you're not just playing, you're you're coaching a lot, aren't you? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I'd say that, that from my perspective, that's, you know, they want you as a player, they want you to perform and do that stuff. But I think, you know, if I'm to recommend a kid over there, that the focus needs to be on youth coaching mm-hmm. because – Good players are out there. I mean, yeah. there are guys that get released from pro ball in the United States all the time. But what separates, you know, that guy from 
you know, I was a division three ball player that was good, but you know, I was, I wasn't a double a caliber player. Um, but I care, I love the game and, you know, developing the youth program is what ultimately benefits those clubs because, you know, not having to go out there and recreate the, the wheel every year by getting 10 new kids, you know, I mean, it just makes it easy by you, you increase their pool of kids, you know, you teach them as much as you can in one summer and, you know, get them ready for the next season. Yeah. That's the ticket right there. I agree. Uh, and, uh, with, with French baseball, uh, I know there's, I think there's eight teams in the, in the French elite league. Uh, how, how, how did you find the French baseball or did you, uh, was, how was that experience? I know, did you play, you played against Ruin a couple times. So I'd like to hear what it's like as a perspective, cause I've interviewed a couple of guys that have played for Ruin and I, I'm interested what it's like from your perspective playing against uh, the Huskies because they've pretty much dominated that league the last 10 years. So, um, yeah, maybe you can talk a little bit about your experiences there. I like playing against them. They have a nice – when I got there, they had just redone their infield, so it was this brand-new turf. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they first came to our place, we swept them back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. So, like just that doubleheader, they came in. I don't think they're at full strength. Um, but we also had a guy back uh, from college who's a good player. And so we were a little stronger than we had been the weeks prior. And then we go up to their place, <clears throat> I believe the week following, however it aligned in the schedule. And have you been to Ron's Field? No, I, I haven't. I've seen pictures and I've heard about it, but yeah. Yeah, they have this beautiful backdrop in the outfield with, I don't know if it's mountains, but it's a high hill with houses on hills. Yeah. You know, it's just something out of the out of the painting it looks like and you know when you're at their place they're they're a pretty strong squad so um you know it's like playing the yankees because in in germany they have the regensburg legionnaire yeah and in in the czech they have drazi Brno. so when you're going up against that style of squad you know you know that's in that's the entire french national team pretty much yeah yeah they always bring in strong imports and they're out there do one thing that's that's whip your tail. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know it's it's been fairly competitive in the top few teams in, in the French Elite League, and uh, but they always seem to come away with it in the end. And so yeah, good. It's just thanks thanks for sharing that. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on to Germany. So now you you made your way over to Germany in 2010, and uh, you started with it looks like Mannheim, didn't you? How, how did that come about? Through somebody again, somebody that knows somebody or. Well, I went back to the States for that winter, and I, uh, yeah, because that was 2009 for that winter, and, you know, I was really excited about what I had just done for the year, previous year and a half, but I did it alone. Like, I had really good friends that I met along the way, Mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I really want to bring somebody over there, you know, that wants a chance to do it also, and so a guy I went to college with, we put our resumes together, and we blasted them out. Um, to Mannheim, and so we got on I mean, to a handful of places. Mannheim responded, and uh, we talked to Mannheim. And George Bull is the was the head coach there. Now it's Matt Kemp, but uh-huh. George is the one that brought us on. Okay, and you so you threw it out there as a, as a pair, like you, you both wanted to play in the same. Okay, 
Yep. So they took you guys on. And obviously your experience, you've played in Sweden, you've played in France, so I think that helped out a lot. And along the way you were you were coaching and helping out. But it looks like the bulk of your, your coaching experience actually ended up in Germany in, since 2010. Yeah, definitely. I uh, In 2010, when I started coaching there, we did the um, – like it was kind of a package deal built into my contract. So I would help coach – I was kind of just an assistant all the way around. I'd never took a team to game day. So I would show up to help their U11 practice, their U14 practice, and I'd play on the senior team. And then George Bull coaches the Deutsch Baseball Academy, which he goes city to city. So let's say Paderborn is one of the kind of central cities uh, outside of Berlin in a place called Strasbourg, uh, Mainz, and... Uh, he may do stuff in Munich, but when I was there, I didn't go to Munich with him. Uh, but he puts camps on in these cities, and all the best talent from that region will send their kids to the camp. You know, and he trains them. He puts on a really phenomenal week-long summer camp. Yeah. And uh, from there, he makes the all-star team, and he invites those kids to play in uh, the Boca Chica winter ball for the winter. Yeah. And that's how he kind of builds into, like, the U15 national team. It's it's a really great process. Yeah. And uh, the guy that funds that, his name is Martin Nixdorf. Mm-hmm. He's the Paderborn Untouchables. I, I don't know if he's the president, but he's the he's the big guy there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Nixdorf does a great job funding uh, youth baseball in Germany. Okay, so you were helping out there. And, and then you ended up in last summer. Uh, I guess you didn't head back to Australia, did you? No, I went back to the states okay you stayed in the states for the winter um and by the way we said summer ball in australia which is the australian right. summer for anyone that's confused out there and scratching their head but um <laughs> yeah in 2012 you, you that's when you came to mains and played for the athletics there um so last summer and uh but were you the head coach of the set the farm team the second the second bundesliga team or yeah i was the head coach of the second bundesliga team and then they started an mlb um, affiliated academy, not uh, funded academy. So the MLB helps them because uh, they host now a tryout every year. The MLB, um, I don't know what it, the Major League Baseball European tryouts kind of go through. Yeah. Like Prague is a city, Mines is a city, uh, usually someplace in Italy. I think they did it in Prague yesterday, actually. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, so. It was a great opportunity um, to coach with, like, it's that southwest region is where Mines is. So all the kids from, uh, yeah, like Mines, like Frankfurt, and those little cities, or those cities in between them, uh, they would all come to that academy that were selected at at the tryouts. Mm -hmm. So our job was to get them athletic, you know, get them a lot of quality teaching and practice, and uh, we put that academy team together. Ideally, to compete with what Regensburg does, because Regensburg has, you know, they really have a top-notch, really just a top-notch facility, mm-hmm. top-notch coaching staff. Yeah, they, they 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 do a phenomenal job out there in Regensburg. Yeah, there, really there, there's no there's no doubt their their stadium is probably the best European stadium you've probably played in. But uh, for sure, yeah, um, yeah. But maybe we can try if if it's possible. Is there any way you can make a comparison between? The different European leagues you've played in, as far as caliber of ball or level of ball and organization, and 
because you've been around the block, and I'd be interested to hear how you would maybe, if there's any way you can make a comparison between Swedish baseball and French baseball. And uh, we, like we know that German baseball is kind of uh, you know at a different status than those two, but um, maybe the competitive competitiveness of the leagues and and your experience there. For sure, that's. A, I mean, I think that's the best question. Because that's that's a hard. I think constantly in Europe, people are trying to figure out that pecking order from league to league. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I remember being in Sweden, thinking like, okay, so what's going to separate this from Spain or or the Dutch league? Um, and so I think as a small benchmark, it's the quality of the imports. Mm-hmm. Like if you, uh, when I first got on, um, you know, I was told the Dutch league is tough to get into because they usually take guys with. MLB affiliated experience. So it could be just single A ball Hmm. or you've just come out of the university of Texas. Like the entry level to get in is just a little higher. Like you must have a master's degree to get a job. So that's, that's kind of one of the benchmarks that I noticed, but you know, I've seen guys that have played in, you know, the French league put up a big year and then they'll get signed on to like a, a Dutch or an Italian team. I mean, even a Swedish guy, um, you know, can go play in the Dutch league and both have happened. So by no stretch does that, is that the ultimate um, differentiation? But um, I would say that the big differentiation is the pools that you play in, in the European cups. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. France, France, I would call like a middle of the road European country because they have an A pool team and a B pool team. Mm-hmm. Um, where Sweden competes solely in the B pool. Yeah. Um, Germany, you know, I can tell is growing because they compete to win out of the B pool to have two teams into the A pool, mm-hmm. you know, and like Czech has one A pool, one B pool team. And, you know, the, the Italians and the Dutch, they both have just a pool European cup teams. Yeah. And so, um, I assumed that Sweden was very similar to Austria and Switzerland. I, I don't know much about Austrian baseball or Swiss or Swiss baseball, but I kind of assume that they're in the same category because they compete in the same style of tournament. And uh, like I, whenever I tell imports that are looking to get across, it like that tiers like Sweden, Belgium, Austria, Switzerland because they bring imports in, they're competitive, and they play in that deep pool, and they're all competitive with each other. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Yeah. Just how did my, you find that stuff when you're in when you play against like? Uh, did you ever play in European Cups? Yeah, I played in the qualifier against you oh, know, awesome. against Switzerland and Sweden, and yeah, we were all really. Neck, we, yeah, we were all neck and neck, and you know, Sw- uh, in 2009, I think um, the Baron Cardinals beat us in the last inning of the of the final game, and and so because <laughs> Austria, we've never really advanced past the qualifiers, so. So the first round there so um and then we we played sweden last year what was it last year i think it was last year and i and uh, i believe we beat them actually i, I know it was a close game nice. they look like a good club but you're right we're all they're all you know right on the same level so it does really come down to the importing at that point um uh, but yeah germany's on a, a whole different level for sure as far as breaking into the into a league and, and i think that was a good point you made it's, it's kind of like just getting in somewhere and then that's your stepping stone from there you know and and if you can put up some numbers in sweden or in austria then then you you know you'll open some eyes somewhere else and and then your name's out there so 
so Dennis, yeah, I was thinking, uh, you know, to end this off, I've, I've taken up enough of your time and I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, you, you finding the time to, to do this. Um, do you have any, uh, you've given a lot of great advice, but do you have any, uh, more, uh, one last parting tip that you can give any aspiring international baseball players that maybe haven't quite broken in, uh, uh, to any league in Europe at this point? Yeah, I've got to say, I mean, this was the advice that was given to me. When you get that first contract, I mean, I was, I was so pumped. I, mean, I can't even explain to you how cool I thought that was. Yeah. Um, but you have to put it into consideration and know that it's not going to be the most organized baseball, and it's not what you've seen, you know, coming out of the United States. So it's not going to be pro ball as you and I know it to be. It's not going to be, you know, ten thousand fans. You're signing autographs every day. It's it's a different type of. It's a different game. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, you're getting paid to do exactly what you want to do for a living. You're traveling the world. You're playing baseball. And I think I even read this on your website. You've got to make the most of the contract that you're given. Mm -hmm. Because if you if you tear it up in Sweden, you know, the next the next step down the road, maybe Germany, Holland, Italy. I mean, the sky can be the limit yeah. if you make the most out of each contract. Yeah. That's that's an excellent answer. I, I couldn't have put it better myself, so uh, I appreciate that, and I think that's uh, uh, probably the number one best tip you can give anybody that's thinking about coming over to Europe, and it gives them an idea of, okay, things are going to be a little bit different. Come over, and let's just give it our best. And in the end, you're playing baseball and getting paid to do it. So, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dennis, thanks a lot, and, you know, I wish you the best of luck, and maybe we'll see you over in Europe sometime, maybe even in Austria. So just got to convince your girlfriend to maybe take a year off and leave absence or something like that. Yeah, no kidding. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for your time, Dave. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dennis. Take care. Have a good one. Ciao. Well, that was a great interview. Thank you, Dennis, for your time, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you appreciated this interview, uh, go ahead and share it on Facebook and uh, tell your friends about it. want to get more people coming out and listening to the podcast and providing some feedback. Also, if you're interested in getting on the podcast, you have some valuable information that you want to share on some of your experiences traveling and playing baseball, we'd love to hear it. And uh, you can contact me via email at international baseball community at gmail.com until next time thank you for listening this is david burns i'm signing out cheers